Hello, everybody. Good morning, Vietnam. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. The Four Half Squads. The Four Half Squads tonight, yes. Because I'm Dave. I'm Mark. Dave T. I'm Jeff. Yeah, I always refer to you as Dave T. Don't I know all the fish? Yeah. I don't know if you want your last name out in public. Oh, it's fine. You've already said it plenty of times. So I'm yeah. good with it. It's okay. All, it's okay. I'm the Hispanic one, remember? That's right. You look <laughs> yeah. Hispanic. In the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know people keep coming and go, why do you say those things about me on your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oops. And that's Jeff. And we are the two half squads, uh, the four half squads tonight. The, the one and only podcast dedicated to the greatest game in the world. Advanced squad leader. And here we are. We're overstacked here in the foxhole. No, because we're half squads. Oh, that's true. Uh, Who knows the rules? Yeah. This guy. Yeah. Well, we'll find out later. Yeah. We'll see. We shall see. <laughs> the gauntlet has been thrown. So it's nice you guys could join us two weeks in a row. Thanks for having us again yeah. this week. Glad to be yeah. here. Thanks for we, more free beer. Yeah, we lured you. <laughs> yeah, like, we lured, like lured one you per in. show you're having. <laughs> yes. So... Um, Oh, what's Dave drinking tonight? Uh, blue Moon Summer Honey Wheat. Oh, I thought these. it was an agave. Does I it... haven't tried these other Blue Moons. Are they good? Would you like to take that one? I, I, you know what? I already started this one. Uh, Sam well, Adams. do you have a cold or anything? Do I have a cold? No. You're, oh, oh, you're going to trade? Oh, you take ta- first taste. Mark, you yeah, have... I was going to trade if you wanted the whole He's thing. He's got two hands. Oh, it's got a lot Tooth of honey in it. a drinker. Is it a honey? Too much honey, you think? It's very Whatever sweet. happened to beer? Yeah, Honey Wheat. They've got so Good many old... flavored beers, I have a hard time. Yeah. I, I had to really look for the, just the regular Sam Adams. That's no, odd, because most honey beers, the, the honey ferments out, and you just get a real crisp taste to it, and you don't pick up the honey, but you taste the honey in that. Sounds like we have a man with home-brewing experience. <laughs> yes, that could be. Is that true, Mark? It, it, yeah, we won't talk about that. Yes. Oh, okay. I used to do some home-brewing. Oh, you did? But you don't anymore? Wow. No, I quit. Um, boy, it's been a good 15 years. Oh, that long ago. Yeah, I was drinking too much of it, so... Too much of my own product. Well, what else are you going to do with it? You got to. You got to do it. Take a bath in it. But it, but it yeah. is cool, right? It is fun. And actually, I still do brew. Uh, in fact, this weekend, I'm going with my daughter up to Sagatuck to brew beer. That's right. You just don't do it at home, but you go to the place. A brew on premise over at Sagatuck Brewing. Because you brought me some last time, I believe. Yes, right. And we'll be brewing a batch of a white IPA this weekend for our South Haven vacation in July. Okay. So, yeah, very, very So how does that work? You go up there and you brew a beer and you bring it home? It's a, it is a brewery, and they yeah. have brew on premises there, so they'll let you use their equipment to brew a batch of beer. Wow. And then they keep it there. They, they do the fermentation. We go back up and bottle it in about a month. Wow. And it's ready to drink at that point. Hmm. That's amazing. And, Dave, what are you enjoying tonight? I am enjoying uh, Great Value. It's uh, called a Twist Up Lemon Lime. Oh, is it good? <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. You said that so convincingly. <laughs> Contains no natural ingredients. Which actually I brought tonight from um uh Friday we did a safari hunting game. It's time, gents. Guys night, safari hunting. Remember the father son game, Dave? You guys can right. make oh. yeah. a lot just a lot of fun. Miniatures. It, it's a miniatures game, come out of M one, Midwest something area war game magazine that used to come out and i've had it for years and bought all the animals painted them up the the, the hunters a lot of uh, historically accurate names of people and it is a fun game you know and uh you get in get into it and you get points for great things like the animals are ranked according to how they thought of them historically 
you know, the lion and the elephant and the, or the higher rhino and at the low end, the hyenas and, you know, uh, cheetahs, we found jaguars surprisingly low on the scale, not thought of as a very honor, uh, honorable or uh, challenging kill hmm. to get. And then, you know, way at the bottom, you know, ostriches and things like that. Yeah. And so we rank hostages, po- <laughs> ostriches. Oh, <clears throat> and you get points okay. for killing these things. That's a different game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And then you and you get reputation points for for saving a fellow hunter or Englishman, and um, minus points for running in the face of a, a charging beast or or killing baby animals and various other things. And the rules are written very humorously, you know, yeah. like uh, melee with an animal. Um, you know, not normally the situation you like to find yourself into. Although the animals are usually more than happy to engage in such an activity. <laughs> You know, very, very clever rules. I forget who wrote them. And then we modify them a little bit and have a really, really fun. Have you played them before? No. Do you get to club baby seals or anything like that? (laughs) Yeah, that would be good. I'd sign up for that. It's minus reputation points for that. I just want to club the uh, hostages. Yeah, and then I put in things like Tarzan and... You meet all these Dr. Livingstone, you know. Yeah. And and we do a roll die randomly to see what you encounter and the great the great white rhino oh big nice points. and then you get moby dick is that him <laughs> no because oh. no there's streams on board but but then you score for a kill a one-shot kill double and then quadruple for the perfect shot which is you roll a quantity of six-sided dices dice depending on how close you are to the, the animal and the sh- kind of shot in a clear open ground with a good weapon you get like up to 15 die and then you roll, and if you get three sixes, you know, the mark of the beast, it's a perfect kill. And you score quad points on that. So a lot of fun. And if Walls you don't have up. a clean kill, right, you can lose reputation. You have to points, track right? the animal. Right. Right. Failure to track oh. an animal would be minus reputation points. Right. You know, it's not very sporting of you to leave a wounded animal flailing around the jungle. So you don't engage much with the other players, or do you? No, no, it's solo stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're a solo hunter. But it, there's a little competition when, you know, Mark rolls and he turns up the great white rhino, and my name is drawn next, and I run toward the great white rhino uh, <laughs> to get the it. kill on it before Mark before can, I there, which I don't right. have as good of a shot because they haven't aimed and I was moving and various yeah. things, and then Mark hopes his name will come up again, you know, before mine, and he gets the kill. But yeah, a lot of fun. So we definitely should play this. Yeah, we should. So let's just That'd stop recording right now. And go to my house. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, good night. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. No, first we have to talk about Advanced Squad Leader. Mm. Oh, yeah. We have a few 100%, topics, don't we? 100%, right? We do. 100%, almost. Okay, I forgot. 100%. Yep. Thanks, for, thanks for reminding us, getting us back on track. <laughs> so what are we, how, what are we going to start with tonight? We're uh, going to do something a little different tonight. We have a... We're going to say it? What's in the box? Did it echo? That was, yeah, that was really good. Good. And we have Decision at Else. This is the ASL. St- Wait, didn't we do this one already? No, I don't. What? Oh, no, no. I don't think so. This is actually episode 117. We're going to run this episode before the one we recorded two weeks ago. Because listeners want to know more about Else than they do about God Save the King. I would. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. Well, that's what we said. Yeah. Do we care, really? Actually, this is 118. 18, because this yeah. is going before 119, which 119. is the next one. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
So, Dave, you bought this, even though you're not playing the starter kit scenarios. Correct. Yes. Can you explain yourself, please? Yes. I'm a greedy, greedy pig, and I must have everything related to ASL. What other excuses are there? That would explain it. Well, actually, I bought it for the podcast. Yeah, well, that's good. You took one for the show. I took one for the show. Hoping it'll go out of print, and I'll be able to sell it for 10 times the amount of money later on eBay. You know, I was feeling kind of bad the other day. I got over it quickly. <laughs> but about because we don't really talk about the starter kits anymore, and we right. used to a lot. And, and, I, and both of us have stopped playing the starter kits, and we don't give them any attention. So, And I know a lot of our listeners still play them and like them. And, and MMP does not send us free product to review. They would like to, but kind we of have keep to wonder telling why them they don't. No. But um, Jeff had said, to do order else, we probably should get it. And I said, well, you know, I actually just put in an order late because we did not pre-order it at all. Yeah. And I think we both had the same thought. Yeah. Well, it is a show about ASL. The, just the new guys want to know. So, new guys, here, this here is, you go. This is for you. Opening the box, first thing what we, we find. What, Dave? Dice. Yeah. A great red and white dice, a nice little kind. <laughs> Let's hear it. Put those up I next like to the it. mic. Let's hear that sound. Oh yeah, dices or very dice. dicey sound. Nice, nice, dice. They're dice, and they you, they roll eleven. So those dice are they stink. Yeah. Throw those away, folks. And why are there only two? Do you have to share with your player or what? Yeah, I, I don't know. The original set came with a four color dice, the yellow, the famous yellow dice. No, it's really? dice. Yes, from nineteen eighty-five or whatever. Like Beyond yeah. Valor. Oh yeah, that yellow came with four dice. Oh yeah. Oh. Now, when I bought it, I think it was a purple and a black dye that came. I do have a purple somewhere, yeah. I saw it today. Oh, yeah, the purple came with the starter kit later, or or the Beyond Valor reissue. I thought it was the Beyond Valor reissue. Yeah, I have the purple and burgundy, too, which I love those colors, but they don't roll well for me. It might have been starter kit 3, though. There was a third color. Okay. Because of the armor that was included in it. Because you do have to... um, Oh, yeah. You do have to... um, I can't uh, roll for random selection. Yeah, oh, correct. So, so Mark, what is in the box? One box and lid. One map Check. sheet. Check. Oh, map sheet. I have that. Three counter sheets. Check. Yep. One advanced squad leader starter kit rule book. Check. Do you think that, does that have a rata? Rule book. Uh, here's your rata. Uh, one decision at else campaign game rule book. Check. Four scenarios. Check. Two player aid charts. Mundo. And two six-sided dice. All right. Everything is there. And is there like you know, inspected by number six or something like that so we can send them a thank you note? There are lots of phone numbers to call if you have issues. Wow. Yeah. See, we didn't get our they extra do, dice. They do some good customer service. Yeah, they is do. Is that right? I've never called MMP. Well, oh, yeah. Per- I, I am Perry missing much. Is so, there a- you know. <laughs> Perry answers personally? Yes. This is Perry. Well, of course, Here's it's a small, you know. It's a small operation. Is, is that the wife of one of them? Of Brian or something? Yeah, I, don't I know, know the wife does a lot of the packaging and things like that. We should go visit sometime. Do you think they'd give us a tour? Uh, I don't know. Didn't a listener go once? Somebody went. Reluctant, uh, well, I think he, sa- he sat outside. Or... They wouldn't let him in. I think they wouldn't let him in. So he just sat outside. Where, Where, are, they Where yeah. are they located? Where are they in uh, Maryland. I think Maryland, aren't they? 
these player aid charts, these are different than the ones in the other starter kit boxes. Well, how so, Mark? I don't know. They just look different to me. They don't look familiar. <laughs> yeah, I think they're rearranged a bit. My notes, I did take notes uh, previewing this product instead of going cold with the what's in the box. And I have noted that the... Um, are you going to describe the box? No. Oh, box art review? No, it's a photograph, so we don't do those. Okay. The yeah. charts do have a... Uh, Panzerfaust. I noticed that chart on that one. Yeah. Right. So the Panzerfaust availability and the DR modifiers for Panzerfaust. Yep. So those are new. Is manhandling rules new? No, that would come out with the other. With probably yeah, probably come out with two. How many people really manhandle their guns, though? I've done that. I do that a lot. Do you? I fondle them. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand that. I like to be manhandled. All right, let's move on. I like to be woman handled. <laughs> uncomfortable, Dave. <laughs> You're only uncomfortable because none of us are wearing pants, as usual. As usual. Well, in the um, I did note that in the two-page history, uh, in, no, in the in one of the booklets is a two-page history of the campaign by Ken Dunn. Ken, send us your email. We'll try to give you an interview about producing this product. And I thought it could have been a little bit more clearly written, but does anyone know what the Battle of Velsta is? Because I really did not. No, I'm not familiar with it. Historically. I have no idea, Elst. Could not tell you. And no. so I read the history that came with the packet. Oh, I good. was thinking something with Market Garden, but and it was. Technically, else is part of Market Garden, which so was God Save the King, yeah. that we're talking about on our next show. Right. And uh, it took place between the Wall and the Rhine River, and it's where the 82nd Airborne failed to take the bridge over Nijmegen. Nijmegen? Nijmegen? Yeah. And so the British Guards Armored Division met the Germans, and they fought into an area called the Island. And I don't know what that actually ended up being because his history wasn't that clear on that part. Hmm. Um, assuming between the two rivers is the island. But ultimately they fought at Elst. Okay. A lot, a lot of fighting. Yeah. So so this... And is this what the map... Yeah, I mean, I can only map? imagine that... Yeah, go the, ahead and talk. The, well, like There's interesting artwork on here. What, what's yeah. this... Ah, I've never seen anything like this Can you this describe before? what it looks like to you? It kind of looks like a rock wall to me. Or, or gray paths. Gray I pathways think. all zigzagging around, multiple paths yeah. in a hex. It is, a, of... it is polder. And polder is? A five-foot-wide drainage ditch in the soggy ground around it. Oh, okay. Because this takes place in Holland. Yeah. The low countries. Oh. So this is for drainage. Yeah. That must be why, well, this one... Well, it does have a really, pond. Does have a pond there, but so these are all drainage ditches of some kind. Of some kind, and but, they, they, but they're not. Uh, do they play? They play them a lot, like uh, if you've done the Pegasus Bridge, there was the irrigation ditches situation. Yeah, similar. I didn't compare them exactly, but I mean, you you would actually run through those. Yes, you can. But Tanks these don't look like. They look. You run along the paths, I guess. So you can also no. Get, you just go right? any way you want across that. But it looks like they're you, five foot wide ditches. So you can jump over them. Oh, okay. But it looks like you can go down into them. Yes, also you can. And because so, you get an extra TEM modifier. Yes, you get a plus one. Is that on the? If you pay the uh, the cost of terrain for going there. into it. Yes. So Which it's is much, much like the um, foxholes, right? Right. Where you have to pay the. You can move into it at normal cost or pay the extra movement point to take the plus one protection. Okay. Well, there's a lot of them. 
Seems like a rather large board for four scenarios. It does, yeah. It's a big and map. A campaign game. Oh. So Decision at Else is the first historical module for the for the starter, s- kit. starter kit people. For the starter kit people. And do historical modules always have a campaign game as part of them? Yes, actually. Uh, historically. Yep. Yeah. Historically, it's all true. <laughs> no, they have. So yeah. Like so it's interesting. It's not like a town. It's it's very well. It, it's a big map. There is uh, grain fields spread right. out all across it. There's uh, roads going through it. And then buildings just kind of scattered out throughout the whole map. Yeah, it's a very open. It's not like a town. Correct. It's not a dense town at all. And I think on the terrain effects, on the terrain chart, Mark, are only the terrain that's on the game board. you want to read those off? Yeah, I was, I was noticing that. You have a real limited terrain effects chart here, just covering open ground, orchard, orchard roads, roads, grain, polder, wooden stone buildings, and the steeple. Okay. A few wooden stone. A couple stone. of steeples there, right? Yeah. And a couple steeples. Yeah, there's only a couple of uh, multi-hex buildings. There's one steeple. Maybe there's just one. Yeah, I think yeah, it's one steeple. And only oh, these are all one-level buildings. Because, well, there's... Because it's starter aren't kit. Because it's starter kit. Yeah, if they're two hexes, they're ground and first. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. starter kit doesn't have above rule or rules for first levels. So what I noticed was, as I went through the rule book, uh, starter kit guys, you're going to get... Um, one thing I observed was the starter kit rules read longer for, like, a steeple, for example, because they have to add a lot of stuff... For example, they have to in this in the saying there's a steeple and it's at a upper level. Now they have to describe everything that might happen. Oh, okay. So they say a a piot firing down, you know, can't be fired down from that hex, right? Because we know the shell falls out. It's yeah. all described in the rules for advanced squad leader. But um, it also has to clarify that a tank, you know, in its hex can't fire up. Right. Because those rules were not covered in any other rule yeah. about upper-level buildings. So the steeple rule runs pretty long, but is otherwise it read pretty much like the, I know. So do they ASL cover the rules. steeple without having a level counter? They have a steeple counter. Oh, okay. How cool is that? Hmm. But only one. I was hoping for more. Because <laughs> I like them. Yeah. I like fountains. Fountains, yeah, you're a big fountain guy. I like the tennis courts. Tennis courts and the girls' school. The, the, girls, the girls' high school. And Mark likes to press wildflowers. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't have that in the game. We're sorry about yeah. that. It's coming. We need to write it in. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is the thing about starter kit rules. They end up being pretty long because they got to describe all these things that could happen in the other rules. And then, guess what else is in that rule box booklet, which we don't have out here? Um... Dave, why don't you take that one? Mark, would you dig out the other one? Is uh, two campaign game rules. Yeah. Remember, one was, I'm sorry, the OBA rules are in that. Who's got that? Dave oh, does. OBA so rules. That. The majority of the new rules there. Yeah. There's quite a bit here, actually. Well, it's OBA. That's kind of neat. OBA for starter kit. For starter kit. Like because maybe, first... maybe I'll get a better understanding of how you... to yeah. do OBA. I was I thinking about that, too, yeah. Mark. Of course, they have a chart for it, right? That we, yeah, that the flow chart. That really helpful, right? The flow chart and advanced squad leader works really well. But this well. is the first starter kit OBA? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and you know what that means? 
everybody that buys this is going to want a set of the two half squads OBA cards. <laughs> that is correct. Available yeah, for the I, low price the of twenty four dollars. In the rules, folks, it will talk about drawing a chit, a black chit or a red chit. Yeah. Now, starter players, you will know what denied and access granted is means yeah. in those cards, and you will want to buy them. Yes. So we might have to order up even more than we, we might. planning on. But then they'll make them less valuable in the future because <laughs> there will be more of them. We'll flood the market. <laughs> flood the market. And so OBA rules are there. Now, the summary, it seemed the same to me, Mark, but I noticed a new acronym, which probably has been in the other rules. I just didn't realize it. See if you know. K-E-U. Oh, oh, I've I'm, seen that. K-E-U. Known enemy unit. Yeah, known enemy unit. Yeah. Just, I'm sure I saw it in the starter kit one or two or three or whatever, but yeah. it struck me as I was looking at OBA. What's a Q? Oh. K-E-U. What's that? Keep them ugly. Keep them yeah. ugly. <laughs> Keep them ugly. And so once those rules cover that David has steeples, OBA. Here's the steeple kind. Right. The, the, yeah, isn't it nice? Yellow. The ye- it's yellow. It's yellow. Yeah. Yeah, it's the and only yellow counter. Should they have counter. made more? They should have. And then, Dave, yours goes right into the campaign game rules, correct? Yeah, I'm even looking at Melee here. So yeah, but that's different? all part of the campaign game rules. Yeah. See, once you're into that now, that's all. Which I was wondering if you could read through, because we do need to talk about campaign games for the starter kit players. Would you, Dave, read off some of the headings in those sections? Okay. Um, uh, that's all definitions, right, or something? Well, it says campaign game special rules. Okay, yeah, special rules would be unique to that game. Okay. Like we just covered in the God Save the King, right? Correct. It was um, the walking wounded, that the yeah. Germans can declare hand-to-hand, yeah. like for all those kind of things. So, yeah, you would have rules that would apply to all the campaign games. And then it says what? Um, it goes on to... Uh, initial scenario okay so there's at least one scenario and it lists the forces right Right. in there yeah it tells you the setup sequence special rules um there's a refit phase phase oh okay do you remember jeff refit Um, yeah they sure i mean you get a certain number of replacements that you're allowed to bring in yeah uh goes on to conclusion of melee Okay, some special rules for that. Right, marker removal, rallying, can, can, uh, CG scenario end. Yeah, so it's kind of like a a scenario would end a campaign in a campaign game, and then you go through all these steps Dave is mentioning. So you figure out how to handle removing counters because it's gonna be like overnight, right? Yeah, or long could be days between right. the attack again. And keep going, Dave. Yeah, shock and, and bog. What to do with a shocked vehicle in that time span. Set up area determination. Um, what area you control f- that you can set up in for the next campaign day. Right, yeah. and probably mm-hmm. your refit, your replacement units, where they can set where up. Where they can land. go into. Yep. Uh, no man's land. Area that no one controls, so you can't set up there. Isolated units. What happens to them? I think they like are eliminated or something if they're cut off. But anyway, those, yeah, this is what you're dealing yeah. with. Uncontrolled territory, yeah. surrounded hexes, marking the map, in friendly setup area, not in friendly setup area, escape, escape results. Oh, you can escape from mm. those areas, I guess, overnight this and is... return to your um, setup zones. Uh, equipment, possession, uh, shift. Don't know what that is. But. Yeah. 
A lot of new terms. Yeah, actually. Equipment repair, kind of. stun, Could armor be. fighting vehicle, weapon repair, so on and so forth. Yeah, how to handle yeah. all those things. And there's charts. And so now you're yeah. looking at pages of charts on how to do that and then purchasing new stuff, I think. But it's very nicely um, laid out. I mean, it is. With the charts and colors, and it, it looks like it's pretty easy to refer to if you have to go back and, and look. Yeah, yeah, very well done. I usually only read through one time because I have an idi- idiotic memory or whatever they call it. Uh, yeah, I think idiotic's the right word. They have ads for other modules. They do. So now you're at the end of that <laughs> booklet. <laughs> Pulling you in. <laughs> now that we've got it, it, it states, actually, why don't you read that out loud? It was one of my notes to read. Well, it does so. say next. Yeah, next. So now you finish the campaign game. What does MMP recommend we do, Dave? Okay, so if the historical map and CG for Decision of Elst have weathered your appetite for more ASL, you may want to think about getting the ASL rulebook, as if you didn't know how to play before you actually got this, and adding those rules to the ELSE experience. You might even want to get the full German and Russian OBEs and all the information counters in Beyond Valor as a prelude to the ASL historical modules Valor of the Guards and Festoon Budapest. Wow. So they're thinking, right, if you finish this campaign game and you love campaign games... Go find them in there. And go play modules. the big campaign games in the advanced stuff. Well, and but, it sounds like they're inferring you could replay this using full ASL. That's Correct. what it sounds like, yeah. But there's no sniper counters. Hmm. Right, Jeff? That never stops us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care. You play almost a whole game without them. Yeah. yeah. We don't need no stinking yeah, snipers. Crazy funny. Yeah, there's no sniper counters. Yeah, so you can't quite use the full rules, right, Mark? But I guess you start using bypass and all the other elements of advanced squad leader. And so, yeah, Dave, there's your historical layout with some pictures and a up-close map, and then that's, that's that packet or yeah, booklet. It gives you a nice historical, I guess, yeah. Yeah, and they give you this, this um, chart to buy incoming troops. So you can buy reinforcements, from usually from charts, uh, I get 100 points of dudes. I can take a flamethrower or, like, two DCs instead of a flamethrower or whatever the point values are. And it will all be historically based. And then they give you this miniature version of the big map that you can photocopy to make marks on. Right. And it's got the oh, ESL starter sequence kit. sequence play on the yeah, map. Yeah, it's oh, very okay. nicely detailed yeah. layout. And so, Mark, what was this booklet again? So there's the Decision at Elst rule booklet itself, which seems to have all the errata from the prior three starter kits covered. Okay, is ah, that okay. the highlighted bars there's, in there's there? There's a lot of salmon, salmon uh, highlights color. in here for oh. things that were added as part of Decision of Elster corrections. Hmm. Okay, and it looked like, so it's really the basic starter kit rule books one, two, and three there? Are all combined into one, let's see, we're up to 28 pages now. Okay. okay. And I think we started at 12 with Starter yeah, Kit. Yeah, I think that's right. right. Okay. Yeah. Mark's kind of our Starter Kit expert, actually. Uh, no, no you are. Really. Yeah, you are. Because <laughs> that was your first impressions of the game. Yes. And it's going to stick in your memory a lot better than mine, which was, oh, look, Starter Kit. Small booklet is all I remembered. But uh, you remember well, it's 12. good then. It's not intimidating for those who want to start. Correct. Right. Yeah. Right? 28 pages really isn't too bad. No, yeah. to be playing right, that kind of game this. and adding in... Um, um, OBA. Wait, OBA is in here. Right. Yeah. So does OBA only come into play with the campaign game? It's not in any of the scenarios. Oh, well. Segway. Segway. There are four scenarios. One is very small. It's called Ambush at the Hoop. And it was uh, September 22nd, 1944, using a small part of the board. And uh, it's three tanks and three squads. So I'm going to bet there's no OBA here. No, there's not. There's no radio. 
So we're looking for radios. So yeah, that's a very small one. Now, and now here for this one, is, I see the Germans have an offboard observer in steeple location NN8. And so that would be for OBA. So the regular scenarios do have OBA. Okay, there it is. Knost's Fausts. Or Knost Faust. Knost Faust, which I put down as a medium game. It's got higher counter density, or a larger game. It's the largest of them all. And there's no radio on the counters, but it is off board, right? So okay. I guess I should have read that in the fine print, or the special rules. But oh, so 20 squats against 10. They Sounds like there's a need for balance there. Well, twenty Brits, right, with tanks. Twenty Brits with uh with two tanks. Four tanks. Four tanks. I'm sorry. Yep. Against one German, but that's a German that a Tiger. Oh, new vehicles included in the counter sheets that Jeff will look at in a little bit. Uh, added a. Sh I'm assuming these are new, because the notes were in the game booklets, the rules books, and it was a Sherman 3A, Sherman 5A, and a Sherman 2C and 5C. In British colors, guns added a 51 millimeter mortar and a six pounder gun for the British. Which seems like those are tanks you'd find a lot. Well, not maybe not the Shermans because the original West Valmy didn't have Shermans. I don't think for the Brits. What, it's American the, Lendley's tank. What's a six pounder relate to? I, yeah, Jeff did a whole part of our show on the measurements of. The yeah, that was actually guns. the the weight of the uh, projectile shot. Was, like, what does that compare to millimeter wise? Is it like? Um, oh, it's um, on the counter. Yeah. And on the scenario cards, probably the six-pounder. Yeah, it lists it. Oh, is that right? It actually shows it as a six. I guess it'd have to. Wouldn't it? Yeah, they call it a six-pounder, but then they list the, you know, the gun caliber in the. Is that the fifty-seven L or the seventy-five yeah. L or seventy? Is that the seventy-six L? Fifty-seven L has a registered trademark. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find it. In this list. No, it wasn't the one Dave had. While you're looking for that, I'll yep. tell you about Bend in the Road. This is uh, scenario two. This has an interesting victory condition. The British win at game end if British infantry units that are within normal range and six hexes of hex Q15 and with line of sight to Q and with line of sight to Q15 can place 16 uh, firepower factors on that hex. That's that's all you need to do. Just place 16 firepower. Be able to shoot at it be with able that to shoot. much. Rate of fire, critical hit, point-blank fire, and triple-point-blank fire. Leadership and other modifiers do not count toward that 16. Right. So that's interesting. You've <clears throat> seen one like that. Yeah, I've played a few like that. Of course you have. <laughs> I like it because you're trying to cut off a crossroads or you're trying to cut yeah. off an area yeah. with enough firepower. <clears throat> And what was the six-pounder, Mark? Did you find Equivalent it? Equivalent to a 57L. Yeah, the 57L okay. gun. And Dave, or Jeff, yours was a medium kind of sized. Yeah, medium sized. Uh, actually kind of small, mm -hmm. just five German units, SS. Oh. And a half squad, a uh, couple of liters, uh, heavy machine gun against 13 of these uh, first-line British units. Yeah, the 13 seemed large to me, but you're right, against 5, that's small, because yeah. the defender's turn goes real quick that way, right? Right. All right. And Dave, you have a scenario? I do. Um, leave or else. So um, this one does have some OBA, or it has an off-board observer, the, Brit the Brits. Um, it's about a medium. There's six and a half turns. Um, the Germans have eight squads. There's six of them are SS counters. Ah, 
Um, and then the British are defending with 14 um, first-line squads with four leaders. Germans have three leaders, so yeah, a couple couple tanks there for the Brits. Um, yeah, and how... Tank gun for the Germans. So, you know, medium size. It looks... There's looks those about, fountains. Yeah, oh, yeah, about, there's our fountain. Yeah, it looks, I love the fountain. It's beautiful. It looks to be about a medium scenario. Probably get it done in a night, you know. Yeah, hours. very, very manageable for sure on these mediums to small ones from the Elsta thing. And they take place on part of the campaign map, for those of you that aren't familiar with this kind of situation. Right, we're very familiar. Scenario. I, know, I, could, I could finish that in a night. I don't think I've ever it's seen really a three-turn. Three oh, yeah, three with three tanks and three squads, on one on, on each side. Well, not even on each side. Three oh. British squads, three German tanks. That's the shortest scenario ever made, I think. I don't think I've ever seen one that small. Is it just me, or did somebody try to be funny with these titles more yes. than normal? Much like the two half-squads titles of the shows. I think we've, oh, yeah, those we've are set funny. the bar. <laughs> In fact, leave or else. We're probably going to have to do a play on that. Jeff will be get, put, your, put your brain to work, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Listen or else. I was uh, – sorry, oh, I was just looking through the counters. is – I think we have covered ever, almost everything. Well, it's, again, explain the, the campaign game, you get a giant map, and then sections of it are used for these scenarios. Yeah. And I have a problem with putting just four scenario cards into a game, a campaign game. I have a problem with this. This is the only time I wrote a letter to MMP complaining was when they pulled this on Comp Group Piper 1, which maybe that's why no one plays it. Come, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, if you don't want to play a campaign game, but you want to play more ASL, start a kit. Then give me eight scenario cards to go on this map. They want you to play their campaign game. Maybe they do. I mean, that's so, what they want. How much was the but module? I always forget the price. Twenty-eight. No, we're checking. Talk amongst yourselves. And I've covered all my notes on the game. Map I seems cover to the, be pretty uh, quality. I don't know what kind of material is that. Oh, it's like that stuff you can't tear. It feels it's like, like a plasticky yeah. paper. And, it, and it's interesting that I don't think I've seen a board this big without any woods. I mean, it's got all yeah. orchard all over, but no woods right. whatsoever. Yeah, sixty four dollars. It's sixty four. Yeah, the four scenarios. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So well, do, you do get the math there. Three counters and you get you three get... three counter sheets. And so these counters, I haven't seen these before. There's a counter here called. German initiative attack, and there's one called British initiative attack. Yep. Always, oh, yes, thank you. That determines um, who's doing the attack in each campaign day. So, like, if the British attack, oh, okay. and I think they may limit, you get so many attacks before your army's worn out, and both sides can choose to not attack, and then it's a, like, day goes by with no fighting, I think. But, again, I haven't played a campaign, but I've, I've glanced through the rules. So that's what those are for. Okay. Get your money's worth. Yeah, you get a lot yeah, of British counters. A lot of British counters. The British, con- well, control counters. Okay, so, and I've never played in a game where they use control counters. Yeah, I've put them out at times. No, you yes, haven't. But maybe not. Okay. No, I Dave, I have with you, though. <laughs> no, you forgot. <laughs> Mark. Well, I had that big argument in the uh, ASL Open because we didn't use the control counters. In my first game, I ended up losing, and there was a... It was not certain that it was really a loss because my opponent did not use control counters. Because you, he, he said he, he claimed he took a building earlier. 
and moved out of it, and you didn't believe he passed through the building to control it. Right, and and we never put control counters there to record. Right. Now, you get them only with a campaign game, I think, because I have them from the Red Barricades. I got them in Tarawa. Yes, you did. But I have not seen them. Well, do I have any other campaign? Maybe that's the only campaign I've got. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Right. So to get them for each yeah. nationality, I have them for each nationality, and okay. and I throw them in the box. I split them. It's so like if they're German, <clears throat> Russian on each side. I might put half the in one nationality, half yeah. in the other. I gotta buy more stuff. Or no, you don't even have to do that. <laughs> Just put all the Russian ones in the Russian, and they're German on the other side. Because when you play the Germans in that game, you'll have them in the Russian side anyway. But yeah. So that's what they're for. Yeah, and it's good to mark use them as markers even without playing a campaign game. Yeah. As Mark has pointed out. Yeah. Well, Mark, if you would have asked him to step outside, maybe he would have changed his mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always I just use milk duds or whatever happens to be close he by. He was a nice guy. He was a good opponent. So other I was just than, other than that. <laughs> the counter sheets are unremarkable. This is all stuff other than the couple things I mentioned, all stuff that we've seen before, other than, you know, in the starter kit, it's gonna be you're going to get things like acquisition counters for your OBA, spotting rounds, and all that kind of stuff. Well, they've got, they, I guess they had acquisition, big acquisition counters in the other starter kits, didn't they? With guns. Yeah, with guns. Yeah, but you get more. But, they, but you get spotting rounds and the fire for effect counters and stuff like that for OBA. But what I was looking through really quickly here were the names on the leader counters, just to see if mine was on here. Oh, oh. And it's not. Oh. You didn't play test it. There's, I know. Well, Jeff, I shouldn't all have you have to. to do, man. I shouldn't have to. I want to be the one guy that gets on a counter with after, after doing nothing. Except producing 120 episodes of yeah. a promotional commercial for the product. Yeah, right. For free. <laughs> yes. So I'm not on here. There's a Colonel Took. Oh, like the Hobbits. Like a Peregrine. Took. Fool of a Took. You know, I actually yeah. say that a lot to my kids. Fool. I do. <laughs> Some of them will go, Fool of a Took. Sergeant Perry. Colonel, this time, throw yourself in. Colonel, it's, yeah, that's the part in yeah, the novel. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Colonel Cock is on here. Uh, I don't recognize Come on, that. Jeff. Let's get playtested. Major Super. Yeah. Super. He's historically accurate. Super was in the booklet they looked at. Oh, is that right? a picture of him. Okay. He got killed doing something. So there are historical names and playtesters' names in mm. here and stuff. And in the Germans, uh, likewise. I don't believe all these. No, there's no Kleinschmidt. Oh, Stoller. I changed my name to Stoller. Stoller. Just waiting for Timonen and Hakapala. I think it, it's a good possible. chance of that because yeah, it's very, possible. Will Timonen fit? It's a very, but we may never, I think it'll fit. There's been longer names than We may Timonen. never know. And you did do play uh, testing, right? I did. He did, and it's a, and it's a historically very common name yeah. for the Finns. It's Hispanic, right? I've seen it. It's, it's Hispanic. <laughs> that's correct. It's Hispanic it's Finnish. Japanese. <laughs> oh my God. So anyway, Elst, thumbs up from Dave, thumbs down from Mark. Too expensive for what you're getting, and you're all, all on to advanced. I don't know. I'm like you. I like to get all the modules, but I'm not sure I'm going to play that. So Yeah, if you have to yeah. really evaluate that, if you're a starter kit guy. Right. You, it's a no-brainer. You better do you it, or you better it. start yeah. playing advanced squad leader. Yeah. If you're an experienced player like us doing advanced all the time, not starter kit. Yeah, the value for the dollar might not be there if you're doing advance, so. right? If you're doing fully, so yeah, for sixty-four, then you'd be questionable. Although I must confess, as I was at Wendy's today, writing up my review and looking at all, and I rode my little bike there. I was like, 
you know what, maybe these all counters look so crisp and clean. Maybe I'll just punch them all and put them into my trays so I'll have crisp, clean counters, you know. Mix in with all the dirty ones. Well, eventually I'll get rid of the dirty ones now. I can, you know. You know we know it's half dirty, half clean because of all the new re-releases of Beyond Valor and all that. I've been cleaning out the old dirty ones. You always give me the dirty ones when I play. No, look again. I have photographs of our games. Well, look at it. But... Yeah, yeah, you know, why not? Too. And you get the larger imagery. My deal was, as I've said before, I got so many counters in Beyond Valor, then I got more in Red Barricades, then I got more in Valor, and the ones in Red Barricades haven't been replaced. You know what I mean? Right. So I still have all these small print oh, yeah. Russians in there. Well, what if I just started popping out these guys? Put them in there. Oh, Those are British. Well, I mean, the ones oh. from Stardicate. Two? Uh, yeah. Where's the Russian? You know, there aren't there a few in every one? Yes. Or something? So I think so when, so. You, when you resell it on eBay, you can put your old dirty ones in the box and I, take the crisp clean one for yourself. And say they're pre punched. And just tape them all together. Do you know when I redid Beyond Valor, I kept all the dirty counters and I put them all in baggies and I threw it all in a box. My thought was give it to my son to take to college. But of course, now I'm thinking, I'll buy him a new game. You know, if he, <laughs> yeah. if he really gets into it and loves it. Get him one for graduation or something, you know. But at the time, I was like, "Wow, what if Adam someday wants to play this? You know, I'll have a set over here." So he hasn't shown an interest yet. I I really got to push it now. He does like gaming. He, I think, I think maybe he would. Yeah, and this is the summer to do it. Yeah, yeah. Again, they both played a game, but only one. And your son. Yep, he might do it. He has shown great interest in playing. Christopher's really is he? Yes, I think he has. If we if we sat down and you know if we played with Adam and and Christopher, I think they would, you know, kind of help them along. I think they would. Yeah, because Christopher would sit with us and watch us play at Dave's yeah, house right. and and ask when we can you teach this to me and Adam, right. Adam and I, and Hollander's daughter Beth used to sit there. It was amazing. She'd just come over and sit. Just there and watch. Yep, and we'd play, and she'd go, "Well, what's that little lines on the board? Oh, it's ponder." <laughs> what's what's that? Oh, okay. And she would actually watch for about half an hour, which is pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty She's good. She's not playing. Yeah. And then she'd take off. But anyway, that is... That's Decision at Elst. Thank you, Dave, for bringing that, for investing in that. And now that'll go back and back on the shelf for who knows how long. Yeah, I have to make room for it. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I mean, think this is one I would buy. Either for the reasons we already mentioned. Um, oh, it is a nice map. It's a nice. It map. It is a cool map, that. and it's really different. Yeah, yeah, like Dave was saying. Yeah. Right, different look and feel to that map. Yeah. Um, which would pose a lot of different challenges as a player. And you know what? I'll bet there's a lot more scenarios coming in the well, operations in, magazine right. and 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 so on. Special yeah. ops. Special ops. Thank yeah. You. Right. Maybe that'll make it worth. Worthwhile. I can't find our usual what have you been playing lately music. What you gonna do about that, Jeff, then? I'm gonna take a little time to find some other what have you been playing lately music for ASL. What do you think? What you been playing lately what you been playing lately 
And now it's time for... Well, that music means that it's time for... What have you been playing lately? Which music was that? We have well, we have two to choose from. Yeah, we, <laughs> we have the old squeaky one, and yeah. we have the new one we sang on the last show yeah. that aired. So we'll see. Yeah. Only no one will know, but the editor of this show. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, what have you guys been playing? You guys played, didn't you? Yes, the three of us played. Dave, we Dave, did. and Mark. We played perfected in battle. And that was just a couple of weeks ago. I think. I think so. It was. Is the two Daves against Mark? I believe. Right. Yep. Uh, because you got there late, so I, yep. I met up with Dave early, and we did the setup, and then when you got there, we got started. Valor of the Guards, 15. That's not a three-player scenario. No, it's not. It okay. Not. But it worked. It did work. We Dave and I split up our forces. The attacking um, Russian. Correct. And I played the German side, so I got set up. I uh, did the random die roll and picked up the 81-millimeter uh, mortar. That's oh. my additional armament. Which at one point had a rate of... It, it, How many times? What's the rate of fire on it? Three. three. Uh, three. Oh, yeah. I think at one point in the game, I, I probably kept rate maybe seven consecutive shots. I think wow. it was ten. Was it ten? I think it was it ten. It was long, whatever it was. And Problem was? It had no impact. <laughs> Nothing. And it was Eight against that. a stack. Like, yeah, <laughs> Dave had a stack of yeah. three or four, yeah, three squads. Three. Right. But wasn't there a Because I was getting ready to cross that road. Yeah, leader. Yeah. I know. Maybe it was two and a leader or three and a leader, but I was ready to cross that road. That very next turn, and he found the site on it or had it hidden or something, and and then bam, bam, bam. Always be like hit rate, well, no effect. Hit rate, no effect. Were they in a building? In like in a stone rate. building? Yeah, it was a building. Hit a battle. I think you got. Oh two yeah, I think I got. I got better. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's one of those situations. That's fun. So those are fun. Yeah, so Mark had the Germans defending. And and the Germans did. I I, I didn't mind my defense. I thought I set up fairly well. But I just could not roll anything. No, night. you couldn't roll, but you also had a like a reserve line or something. Remember, we thought maybe should have been up on I the probably, front line. Probably should have set them up further. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the worry is on the front line they break, they route. There's no one there to stop the attack. But if you have a second line, they, you couldn't mass enough firepower, so you were taking a lot of four shots, and, and the way eight I, shots at stone buildings across the street. And the way I'd initially set it up, my plan was to uh, skulk the front line back and then move concealed units up into the front line. And you were both effective in breaking me in, and I was never able to use that strategy. Yes, and that would work, right? If you're good order, yeah. Then they and they they survive. You advance out, yeah, and let the concealeds come in. Yeah, but it's hard because yeah, they're breaking. They were breaking, so I so I had to rally them. I couldn't rally, so I never was able to regain concealment on them, and that whole strategy failed. As strategy often does, once you start playing. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> The other thing is, I, I had one. There were two of these pillboxes, 
And I've, I've only played those once before uh, in a scenario against peach shelling. And I have not figured out how to successfully use pillboxes. They have that limited covered arc. So right. it's like when guys go around, you get all excited. Oh, I have a five AC, not AC, uh, uh, TEM of five. Yeah. Seven from the rear. Yeah. Cool. And then, you know, guys just walk around you. And you're like, wait, hey, let me, let me get back in front of me. Yeah. 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 And they're hard to get out of and into. And, right, because you got to spend that point in the yeah. open when you emerge right. out right. of them. Yeah. And if there's only one squad in there, then you, you don't have anybody else to pick up and the pieces no. that he breaks or no. something. That's right. where the trenches are great because they connect to those things. Yes. And you can run out into a trench, shoot all directions, and run back into it. Yeah. Um, I did have a couple of minefields, and those were kind of fun. I had two six-factor minefields in front of a fortified building. That was key. Yep, and I was all moving right in there. I broke, like, dudes. He shot, couldn't break them, and then I step into that adjacent hex. Boom. Blown up with mines, half-squatted, trying to get out or going in, and then eliminated coming out. Something bad. But that was one of the few things that went well for him. Right, right. However, one of those pillboxes you did set up, it it appeared that it was ineffective, but it did prevent us from somewhat going around your front line. So off oh, to that. setting off to the side yeah, there. Yeah, he, he had it angled off the other way. And I'm like, well, he can't see us here. But if we tried to go around that front try line. Try to flank him, he had it right there. So yeah. it, was, it was effective in that manner. So it worked out okay, I think. But everything else kind of crumbled a little there. <laughs> <laughs> so did it go quickly? It's uh, six turns, six and a half it turns? It did. I don't know when we called I, it. I did not Early. make it to my reinforcements. Cor- correct. Oh. And by turn three, it, it was pretty abysmal that, yeah. yeah, he couldn't make a morale check. So he kept breaking and running back. And then we just came across the street, thought he would rally, but he couldn't. So we just pushed forward another uh. bunch of hexes. And at one point we wanted to cross, I don't know what side, but there's an area that was open. The problem is if you go around to surround these Germans, the reinforcements come in. Yeah, on the west edge, turn four, and then you'll be surrounded. So Dave and I are like, man, if we can zip by that pillbox, suck at the rate of fire on that gun, go around it with everyone else, we're behind him. Brilliant. We're going to nail this. And then we realize, oh, wait, his reinforcements come in then behind us. And then we would be surrounded. So we we chose not to do that. Yeah, strategically or tactically. Yeah. And where did this scenario come from? Valor Odegaard. Oh, that is a Valor Odegaard. Yeah, again, we're thinking of playing that multi-game. Yeah. Maybe you, maybe mm-hmm. Rich, maybe whoever ends up. In yeah, it. yeah. But, okay. And Jeff, what you been playing lately? I played, uh, well, Rich and I are learning the Tarawa rules. To and play so a we're, big game of that. We're going to do the whole campaign game at some point. You've been doing that for a couple of years, though, haven't you? That was a different well, person. That <laughs> was 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah, like five years ago, I started it. The Tarawa snare, and I've, I've always wanted to get through it. So, and Rich is interested with a couple other guys, maybe Dave Goldman and and one other guy. So, anyway, we're trying to learn the rules. So, we played um, scenario two called China Girl, and it uses the Tarawa map, just a section of the Tarawa map. This is a section of the island known as the Bird's Beak, mm. for an obvious reason. Dave, you, you and I played you, this one. Did we play this one? one? I was going to say See what it looks like. We played a lot of those. So, and in this, uh, obviously, the Japanese is the defender. The Marines are coming on. And um, so we had to learn some rules that we hadn't learned before, like uh, waiting with tanks with pathfinders coming coming up, uh, trying to figure out how to breach the coconut log seawall seawall. uh, so that the tanks could get through and things like that. But what was interesting about this is we played it two times. Uh, Oh, good. Rich first was the Japanese and then I was the Japanese and what I 
what I like, I really like playing scenarios consecutively. I, um, yeah, yeah. There's something to that for sure. I, I really learn a lot in yeah. that. But one thing that I like to do is purposely do my setup differently than the other person did. So when Rich set up, he set up that the object of the of this scenario was to take the the Marines needed to take control of all of the hexes inside this triangular shape. So so Rich set up with all of his Japanese units inside that triangle to defend it. In order for me to, you know, I wanted to do something different, so I set up outside of that triangle. I set up a couple of big guns outside of the triangle looking along the, the line of the beach yeah, that, and out into mm-hmm. the ocean. Um, so those were not victory hexes that he needed to take, but I could put a couple of big guns out there and yeah. thought, well, I'll shred him up on the beach and because it's, they're more as they're moving in, they're more um, susceptible on the beach, right? Um, With but, routing, at least. So what he, goes up, but routing. What he does rather handily, which I didn't consider at the time, was <laughs> he was allowed to put um, two counters of smoke anywhere he wanted. Oh yeah. So we put him right in front of both of those oh, guns that I had out there. One was a pillbox with a heavy machine gun, and the other was the was the 75 millimeter gun is that right yeah oh the big artillery gun the 75 millimeter artillery gun put smoke right in front of them and i thought wow those are useless now were they useless no no there's nothing nothing hidden in tarawa oh yeah they're all hidden no all those fortifications in japanese in them are all hidden not in tarawa yeah i thought you could always set up guns hidden in place oh yeah no not on Tarawa. So that's like an SSR. It's one of the. It's yeah, it's an SSR. Well, maybe. Not maybe. But I thought those were always the game. <laughs> oh yeah, I played those with you, Dave. Yeah. Not with McDermott. I remember McDermott, my hidden stuff not being brought out. Yeah. So well, maybe, maybe, maybe just yeah. Okay. Or well, you're doing it now. I'm sure yeah. Rich would have caught that. Yeah. Oh yeah. But guns can be hidden, just not the fortifications. You're saying. Right. Guns cannot be hidden. Okay. Guns cannot be hidden. Hmm. So. Um, so he put uh, he put the smoke, and I thought, well, the only thing that could possibly help me is if if when we start he rolls a twelve um, for gusts, yeah, for wind change. So he rolled a twelve, <laughs> but so that flipped the counters at least. Yeah, that flipped the smoke down to two instead of three. So I was you know a little bit but better. spread it out. Yeah, yeah. But then um, so <laughs> so then I had put a uh, machine gun with a nine neg one liter up in the tower. Because that's yeah. and that's where Rich had his when he played it, and I thought, you know, I don't really like that spot, but he liked that spot. He thought it was a good spot, so I thought, okay, well, I'll put it up there. But I feel like he's a sitting duck up there, and sure enough, he was. In fact, Rich Rich took a shot at him. Jeff took a note on this. <laughs> yeah, the um, Rich took a shot at him. His first shot of the game. And I rolled a 12 on the morale check for the leader. Yeah. So the leader's gone. And then the, the half squad went berserk. <laughs> From the tower? snakes on him. Oh, yeah. No. Did he have to leap out so to he, his death? So he had to, he had to run down out of the tower, abandon the machine gun. And I never could recover that machine gun. Yeah. But that's why we love the game. That's why we love the game. So it was a really fun scenario. And actually, both times, it, it turned out pretty close. And I think I, I probably, we got down to the last turn, I, I probably would have won this the second game we played. Oh, good. So I was doing well uh, holding off the American Onslaught, but very fun to play. And that's a small one, so if you're going to jump into yeah. that, it's a good one to start with. Yeah. 
Did it have a naval landing, or the Marines were already up on the shore? The Marines, uh, no the boats. squads were, all, were on the shore. There were no boats. It yeah, was just uh, six PC. tanks coming in with Pathfinders. Yeah. What's a Pathfinder? They, go, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. It's oh. a Nissan SUV, isn't it? It is. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> And they were built in 1940. What is that? It's a, it's a single man counter that goes along with the tank, walks along with the tank. And what they were originally doing was looking for shell holes and things like that, that the tank could get bogged in and it helps them through. So as you move through, mm-hmm. if the tank does bog, the pathfinder can help them. Literally get out. finding a path for the tank. Yes. Oh, and I thought they were the guys that came ahead of time. And laid out like light up stuff. Well, they did that on D Day. Also, okay, different. yeah, yeah. Just before D Day, the Pathfinders went out so that the yeah, so that the rest of the um, paratroopers six knew where their tank. landing yeah, points. Yeah, I kind of forgot. Yeah, yeah. so and they just went with them. They just walk along with in them in the same hex. In the same hex, as soon as they land on the beach, they disappear. Because they, the they got them up to their objective, yeah. and then they they just come off. Yeah, mm-hmm. or just go start fighting with some unit or something. Right. Yeah. So they may not have had any combat type. No zero zero nine. Yeah, they have oh, no okay. no so, firepower. So they couldn't even pick up a gun. Probably. Right, they weren't trained no. to do that. Yeah, and they did. Like I say, they come off the board uh, as soon as the tank hmm. hits the beach. And four little Japanese tanks. I forgot. On top yeah. Oh, and here's the other. Here's the, one of the dumb things I did. One of the many dumb things I did was I didn't realize that the Japanese tanks were radioless. Oh, yeah. And so I, I didn't set them up adjacent to each other. And so roll, I had to roll, roll an move. eight. I didn't roll an eight to get them started. And I was having a hard time rolling an eight. So a couple of them were, were not too effective. But still, I, I managed to uh, to hold out pretty well. That was a very fun one. I, I would even play that again. So we're getting closer. We've got about three more of these starter scenarios to play. And then we'll start looking well, at uh, regular tinkering. scenarios before you go to a campaign. Or- yeah. Yeah. They call them teaching <clears throat> teaching scenarios. And you have the and gamer's guide. And we have the gamer's guide that we're going through. So, All right, keep excellent. Keep up to date. Yep. Great. And our next segment, based on that music that just played, is Quiz Show. It's Quiz Show. It's time for Quiz Show. Welcome, everybody. Jeff when is it, our host. Yeah, Casey. It was not in the Guinness Book of uh, World Records for longest-running game show host. No. No. That would be Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek. Is it really? Yep. I think so. Yeah, I just saw it today. Is he still doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 72. 6,000 6, shows, I think. Yeah, wow. crazy. 84, I think he started. Is that what I heard? Uh, I, don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember, but I saw some article that he's got the world's record for the most most game shows or hosts Yeah, it's going to be hard to beat that in today's yeah, society. 72 or right. something like that. He had a bookie style that no one else could play He was a top man at his craft But then his number came up and he was gone with the draft He's in the army now, a-blowin' reveille He's the boogie-woogie bugle boy of company Hip hooray, we're living in the USA. Come on, you Yanks, all holler thanks. Hip, hip hooray. Welcome back, everybody, and now it's time for another episode of Quiz Show. (laughs) 
Hands All right. Put on your thinking caps, boys and girls. Jeff is going to hit you with some of these great questions from the debriefing 94. Wow, there's a lot of questions here. This is going to take us like 14 hours to get through. That's why we won't do them all. Okay, good idea. All right, and I'm just going to kind of pick these at random. So pick a number between and one we're and... we're team playing. We're the team. We're not competing. Us three against Jeff. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. No buzzer tonight. May, sp- <clears throat> May, oh, May spraying fire be used versus two adjacent empty hexes slash locations during the enemy movement phase. For example, in order to place residual firepower therein. I, I like this. No, I've never used spraying fire, so I'm not sure. Not during the movement phase. Well, what else would you do? I had a no, cat. Only in I, final. I had a cat with spraying fire. At a target who expends a movement point in the, in the defensive fire. Oh, so spraying fire. We're going to say, say no. No is correct. At least one of those hexes or lo- locations mm-hmm. must contain a moving unit. Yeah. Yes. Makes sense. Very good. One for us? Tri- it sounded a trick, like a trick question. Oh, yeah. yeah. These are all tricks. And mark them off, Jeff, so we don't yeah. repeat them on a future show. Yeah, got it. Um, next, if a leader uses his leadership modifier to direct a fire group in defensive fire, then later on in that same phase, can he direct a fire group in which some units or support weapons are using... Uh, sustained fire and some using defensive fire. I'm not sure that's right. SFF? Subsequent first Oh, fire. subsequent. Sorry. Yeah. So again, if yeah. a leader uses his leadership modifier to direct a fire group in DFF. Defensive first fire. Then later on in that same phase, can he direct a fire group in which some units are using subsequent, subsequent and some others are using defensive first fire. Doesn't he have to stay with? It'd have to be the same one. fire group, though. By the definition, there, it sounds like there's a different fire group. If because if they're the, going to fire at the same target and the same movement point, no, it's a different movement point. So he can't do both. I don't know. Maybe yes, but we're not sure. <laughs> he can only if all of the units involved are the same ones that he directed in that previous first fire attack. Well, yeah, that's what. So the other ones do in defensive first fire for the first Cause time. Because they didn't shoot yet, but he's in their stack, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, because it's a different movement point. Right. So he can fire the whole Tricky. stack, and you can add in more guys if you want. Right. All right. Um, if an unbroken 467 squad, and I'm just picking these at random, by the yeah, way. Yeah, just mark them off. Yeah. If an unbroken 467 squad suffers a casualty morale check that also exceeds its ELR, does it undergo replacement before or after casualty reduction? Doesn't matter. The four six seven doesn't matter. Um, Some squads read the rest don't of matter. it after that, Jeff. Uh, I'll just read the whole thing. Okay. If, if an unbroken four six seven squad suffers a casualty morale check that also exceeds its ELR, does it undergo replacement before or after casualty reduction? Does it matter? That's what I'm saying. Casualty reduction, you're going to split it into two. Right. And then do ELR. If his morale changes, though, as a result of being uh, reduced, it would affect it. 
Well, I guess it exceeds ELR either way. It exceeds ELR either way. We need your wisdom up close. Uh, you, oh. So what do you think? Well, here's, here's the answer. We think it doesn't matter. We must be wrong. Well, something does seem tricky about the question because it's saying four, six, seven. I don't know. Yeah, what, yeah I don't think that, that. I, I don't know that it that matters. Matter. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter. No. What's the answer? It's replaced, then suffers casualty reduction, then becomes broken. So, yeah, so does it matter? That makes? Yeah. It's replaced, then goes lower, but if you reduce it, reduce it first, then go lower, you're still it's, taking that same half squad yeah. or smaller half squad. Yeah. I stand by our answer. Okay. And I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, if a broken unit starts its route phase in open ground in the line of sight, but beyond the normal range of a known enemy unit that possesses a functioning support weapon or gun, is that broken unit still forced to route if it is within the normal range of that support weapon or gun? So it's beyond the line of sight. Is, is of it... the normal unit, beyond range. But it's yeah. within range of their support weapon. Yeah, so 447, it's, it's out five hexes. Right. It's not in normal range of the squad, so it doesn't have to route, but it is in normal range of the light machine gun. So I would say they, yeah, I think they it have has to route. To. Any unit, I'll bet. So, yes. Yes. Provided the unit possessing it neither uh, is neither broken, broken or in melee. Or, yeah. So even if, it was in a, even if it was in a building? What if the unit was already in a building? Oh, no. It has to be open ground. Yeah, it's at open okay, ground. Okay, it's at open ground. Okay. Yeah, the question was, can the light machine gun force you to route it if you're in the open? The answer is yes. Yep. Does this give you answers, Jeff? Are you like... Yeah. He's making them up. I, yeah, I'm <laughs> just... making them up? Okay. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I know the answers. <laughs> Does a disrupted unit in melee remain in melee, or is it eliminated for failure to route? Oh, I'm really bad at this. We've had this disrupted unit recently. <laughs> I'm going to say the latter. I go with Dave. It is eliminated for failure to route if still disrupted and in melee at the end of that close combat phase. Because they can't move, right? right. Yes. Yeah. Whew. Good, Dave. Very good. It's 50-50. I hate those darn disrupted guys in melee. <laughs> If an infantry unit <coughs> possessing a gun, if an infantry unit possessing a gun slash horse counter, what they're carrying their horses? <laughs> I'm either going to fire my gun or I'm going to fire my horse. I okay, don't get yeah, it. he could be he could be guiding the horses by the reins or riding his horse. It's kind of like a I fart in your general direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so an infantry guy, if an infantry unit possessing a gun slash horse counter uh -huh, makes okay. a concealment die roll, <laughs> which Units. which uh, unit size, size number applies the yeah. infantry or the gun horses number? The gun or the horse? You know, it's easier to hide a squad than a horse. Right. So it's going to be the gun it's and the horse, the right? Horse, right. Sure. Okay. So the it is the gun or horse. However, sure. if the infantry unit is stealth or lax, Stealthy. that die roll modifier would apply as well. Oh. So hmm. if you're sneaky, you're sneakier at hiding your horses too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's hey, right. Hey, Mr. Mr. Ed, shh, get quiet over there. And if you're lax, <laughs> likewise, you're not going to go through the trouble to hide your horse. No. So. Well, I'm hiding behind the bush. I didn't realize they'd yeah. see the horse sticking his head up there. 
Well, golly. <laughs> Can searching reveal tunnel entrances? Sure. Sure. Why not? Very good. But the answer is no. What? What? Yeah. Mark was no. right. We ran across that. To say we ran yes. across that in red barricades. Oh yeah, we had tunnels. And, and you're right. And we, the Germans covered... couldn't find them. They couldn't use them. Yeah, Mark is correct. Dave mm. and Dave are wrong. Yeah. So that means Jeff wins that question. <laughs> yes, that's two right. against one. If two building hex slash locations of the same wooden or stone construction type are equidistant possible sniper targets. But unknown to the sniper player, one of them is fortified. Can or must the opponent declare that the fortified status in order to increase the TEM, which oh. would then direct the sniper fire? Okay, the logic the here is your sniper has to shoot at this nearest in hexes. So you got two wooden building hexes equal distance. So which one you, is a go-to? And then the you one can with pick the one. Least train effect modifier. Right. right. And then they're equal. And then you can just pick one. Right. So now, does the player have to reveal his does fortified, he? or may he? Right. It is, does he have to? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, let, let me read that again. Can can or must the opponent declare the fortified status? I'll bet he can. But doesn't have to? Yeah. That's so, right. So he can direct the sniper yeah. whatever yeah. way he wants. And right. that, that oh, act yeah. happened to yes. me recently. And I didn't know whether when I could When were you ever in a fortified building in your lifetime? Well, when we played God Save the King. Oh, you mean in Squad Leader? Oh, yeah. I thought you meant like here in the house. <laughs> no, no, Like no. you thought there was a zombie invasion yeah. and you went into a fortified building. You boarded up your windows. What, went to the safe room? <laughs> panic room. He does. He has like panic six room. panic rooms. He's, very, he's a very panicky guy. <laughs> I was having lunch with my kids the other day and, and one of them said, uh, I was trying to talk to mom. Now, this is their their mother, my ex-wife. And their I was trying to it. talk to mom, and I was explaining to her, uh, you know, I was, I was trying to talk to her about uh, something, and I said, I told her it wouldn't happen unless there was a zombie apocalypse, and she didn't know what that was. No. Yeah, and that's why I'm, I divorced her. <laughs> well, she won't be listening to the show, will she? No. But that's why I divorced her, well, that, that's for that a, very kind of yeah. thing. If she doesn't know what a zombie apocalypse is, out. <laughs> Grounds for divorce, right there. <laughs> it does. It is revealing. Judge ruled in my favor. You know, yeah, like I'm pretty sure Debbie doesn't know what the zombie. Oh yes, she is. would. I don't know. Okay, you go home and ask her. I'm, yeah, I'm you're not divorcing her because no, that gal's worth keeping no matter. I know what. my wife does because I watched Walking Dead, and she she told me the other day like, oh, they're canceling it. I'm like, what? What? No oh, yeah, way. They, oh yeah. And then it was a hoax. No, they did cancel it. No, they didn't. Oh, Megan. I think it was a hoax. I think Megan told us they canceled it. And my wife knows because she lives with me and my son Adam. Oh yeah, I don't. So, I, don't I think it was a hoax. It could be yeah, a hoax. So it really, yeah. Promotional. I, I think AMC is making too much money on it. They're not. Gonna, oh yeah, they yeah. wouldn't cancel. I mean, it's it. got to die off someday, but literally, get it? Die. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> I don't know. Might come back. Welcome. Might come back. <laughs> come back. Okay. Oh, this one you'll know. <laughs> this one you'll you'll all know is an underwater pontoon bridges plus two TEM for purchase of bridge destruction. In addition to its having a plus one TEM for being a pontoon bridge, <laughs> a cumulative plus three TEM? Absolutely. I don't think That's it is. Point. I think we covered this before. You're pontoon kidding me. Bridges. Yeah. Pontoon bridges? Where do you have those? I, don't, I, I think we used to talk about it. He's got a we, river. We in did, his yeah. Jeff, we did cover bridges recently on a terrain time. 
We did. Oh, so I'm going to go with Mark. Did. Yeah, that's right. You think well, it's cumulative, right? I, I don't think yeah, it is I cumulative. No? I, I'm I, going cumulative. I'll abstain. That way we win no matter what. Because one <laughs> of us votes for the right answer. Yeah, it's no. No, Mark is right. No, Mark. Wow. Yeah, listen to the podcast. Learn stuff. Look, look at this, listeners. A living example. That's right. Of how just listening to our podcast increase your knowledge if you're Mark, whereas if you're Dave and Jeff and you're making the podcast, you can't remember diddly squat can't, of what you taught have people. No idea. Hey, wait a minute. I listened to it. I hey, yeah. I'm what about not, you? I guess I'm not paying attention. <laughs> That's the way to do it. <laughs> good, Mark. Mark, I'm actually like happy you learned it from the show. Yeah, that is yeah. good. All right. Next, if a half track or armored car bogs due to crossing a hedge. Is it left in the hex it was exiting or the one it was entering? It's got to be the one it's entering. No. Because it didn't successfully Exiting. Enter the yep, okay. didn't get over. That's mm-hmm. right. It's okay. In the one it was that. exiting there is correct. Go. Perfect. If an area target type OBA attack versus a multi-level building rolls an original KIA, is each building level checked separately for rubble flame purposes? That's how we've been playing it. No, every level's checked. Oh, just it should just be the level that was attacked and below, I think, right? Oh, it's OBA, so it's uh, area. You saying one KIA? Attack? Yeah. Which, well, a KIA. That's just the A-K-I-A. normal. Yeah. That's just the normal to check it for rubble. So it's indirect coming in. It's so the question is, is it going to hit so it's landed, every level? It's landed in the hex. Are you checking all the locations? You'd have to. We haven't been doing that. And all that. You're right, we just rubble the whole hex. And that, the bridge, yeah, we just check once. Let's assume we're doing it right. We'll go once. Once. Once is correct. But which one? The ground level. No. The upper level. Uh, no. <laughs> the middle <laughs> level. That's what we said. <laughs> you use random selection. Yeah, yeah you tur- do. You, oh. yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You do. Because like a critical hit two versus a area against the whole building, you don't just do every one. Yeah. You just randomly roll mm. That so part I, I don't know if we did that right. Now. I don't no, think we probably did. not. How, however, the random. No, and I haven't taught you guys that right at all. Yeah, the random at all. Then there's a however here. However, only the levels in the line of sight of the firer can be eligible for random selection if that attack was made by non-mortar ordnance. Oh yeah, so if you're shooting a so, direct fire weapon. Yeah, and you get an area. It has to go to the upper level that you see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That which makes sense. Okay. Um, If an area target type OBA attack versus a multi-level building rolls an original KIA, is each oh is each is each level rubbled or not? Oh, is that repeated? Yes, it could be. But it's it's two different uh, numbers. I think we found that last time we used this that someone repeated. Interesting. Mark that one off. Yep. We got. I'm going to say yes. So long as <laughs> yeah. visible. I'm going to say no for that one. <laughs> well, I'm not going to answer because I can't remember what the answer was two minutes <laughs> ago because I have a short-term memory problem. Um, all right. This is uh, if radio contact is un- is involuntarily lost while the battery's spotting round is on board and contact is not regained in the next prep fire or defensive fire phase, what happens to the spotting round? I thought it came off. 
I'll bet it comes off the OBA first fire would stay till a subsequent fire. So it's making me think the spotting round might stay, but I just have a feeling, and you're not telling them what to call in, they might change it. We'll go with Mark's answer. It remains on board in its present hex until otherwise corrected or canceled. That was going to be my guess. You didn't give me a chance to answer. (laughs) (laughs) Forget Mark. So why would that be? Because we Does knew, that make sense because, that uh, the radio would, so it's the yeah. last known radio position, right? Yeah, okay. the last right. known the poof went up, right? Yeah, and I knew the FFE stays because you know you're, I remember reading somewhere someone's uh, magazine, fanzine, or annual. Your opponent gleefully, re- you know, your, your radio goes dead. Your opponent gleefully is removing the FFE one counter. Don't let him do don't, it. Don't let him because it's it. going to sit there and go mm-hmm. off again for two. Because the guys are going, hey, he's there. Hey, there. I guess they still need the. OBA. But to leave the spotting round, yeah, okay. Well, they call it in, let's leave it. Because there's really no other player using that radio. I mean, calling right. in that OBA right. in yeah. the game. Right. In real life, there could be. But. Uh, if ordnance defensive first fires white phosphorus at a location that contains moving and non-moving units, both friendly and enemy, which of them can be affected by a hit? I think all of them can be it's first fire? Uh, this is defensive first fire, yes. Also, oh, it only begins moving. Yeah. I'm thinking, we're thinking moving. Yeah. Yeah, only those that are both moving and hit, regardless of whether they are friendly or enemy. Yeah, but, So they have to be moving. Hmm. Yep. Targets too. Because yeah. you think white phosphorus is smoke, it gets everybody, but. Yeah. It's no different than any other shot, right? In defensive first fire. Yeah. Okay, let's do a couple more. There's there's 400 more questions here. There are like a yeah. bunch. This is the debriefing. Yeah. That's totally from annual 95, I thought. You said 94. I don't think there was a 94. But let's not get distracted. Keep going. It says debriefing 94. It does. Right? I better That's go dig out what that means. Annual 94. Yeah, well, don't go right now, Dave. Oh, no. Sit down. Oh, Sit down. Oh, yeah. Okay. God. Got to really keep you in, <laughs> in check. Focus. You never know where you're going to take off. Focus. All right. Uh, hey, you know, we played this perfected in battle scenario. All of the guards. <laughs> that was quick. Did we talk about that yet? Yeah, we, I oh, think we did. Okay, sorry. Can uh, high... Dates drink in a twist along the line, is it? No, okay. Can high explosive anti-tank potentially cause rubble regardless of its caliber size? Heat. High explosive anti-tank. Can't anything that causes rubble. a KIA create rubble? No, no, only of a certain caliber. Oh, is that right? Yes. Okay. I promise you, Dave. Hmm. Uh, so again, can heat pot- uh, potentially cause rubble regardless of its caliber size? Yes. What? Even yes. if fired by a SCW? Shape charged weapon. Okay. Uh, that is the 70 plus millimeter restriction of B-24. Uh, point eleven does not apply to heat. Oh, that's oh. what I was thinking of the <laughs> seventy millimeter restriction of yeah. seventeen point yeah. four. That's what I was thinking of. But I did say that, right? Yes, you did. In a manner of speaking. So that's why you can use sure like a heat did, weapon to destroy something like a roadblock because it blows up better. Right. It blows up good. Um, last question. Yeah. Last night. question of the night. And this will be a good one because <clears throat> I'm going to read it backwards. <laughs> No, uh, may a broken passenger remain aboard a vehicle that has no inherent crew until otherwise forced to route? What is the procedure for a broken passenger that wishes to route out of a vehicle 
whose inherent crew is unbroken. Or that only has an inherent driver. I mean, I didn't get that. Can, it, can May passengers have, stay in an otherwise unoccupied vehicle? With a broken crew. It's got no inherent crew. No inherent crew. So just a driver in a truck. Yeah. You break in the truck. I know in a half-track you stay in it. It would make sense. You're, you're, you're not in open terrain. Yeah, yeah. and you're broken. What's the, but then he says, what's the procedure to route out of a vehicle with just a driver? Yeah, what is the procedure for a broken passenger that wishes to route out of a vehicle whose inherent crew is unbroken? <coughs> well, we think you stay in it. Is that? Yeah, but the question is, how, what's the procedure to route out of it? It must be normal routing rules. That's mm. what I would think. Why would it be different? I don't know. I've never routed out of a truck. Usually I get killed in them. Well, you know, yeah, me too. <laughs> One thing it doesn't really mention in the question that needs to be taken into account is, is the vehicle moving? Oh, yeah, no. You, I, we assume it stopped. Okay. Yeah. So, well, so in that case, the answer is yes. So a broken passenger may remain aboard a vehicle that has mm-hmm. no inherent crew until otherwise forced to route. Yes. Once the vehicle is stopped, each passenger routes beneath. Beneath the vehicle. Yeah. With no crew. Right. So that's where the half-track guys oh. stay in it and the truck guys go out. Yep. So that's yeah. an exception okay. to the nearest woods or building. If you're in a vehicle, you're you just go underneath it, yes. yes. So if the woods or building are adjacent, can you continue? Uh, I don't yeah, know. I, would think I don't know. We have oh, to no. read it. Yeah, we have to read that's it. right. Something in my memory is saying route beneath you and route beneath. the route. Yes, yeah. I hmm. think that's right. All right, well. So excellent. Really challenging questions. have to pay close attention to that. And does that wrap up tonight's show, Jeff? uh, That's all we got time for tonight. All right. So thanks, everybody, for listening. As usual, we appreciate you very much. And your support, purchase of those um, OBA cards. OBA cards. Thanks for listening, and uh, remember to roll low. And rally well. well, But but not when when you're playing playing us. Bye, Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Goodbye. Debriefing. That's it for the forehead squads.